0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Don't Miss This podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler.
1: We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show.
0: Hi there, I'm David Butler.
1: I'm Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to Don't Miss This, section 84 of the Doctrine and Covenants. This is a biggie, you know? It's kind of like a, but a good biggie. <laughs> okay. <Like> a good biggie. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, really heavy, uh, what do you want? A doctrinal section, I guess. It's the first time that the Lord kind of explains priesthood and he ties it really closely to temple. Now we're both people um, who love other faith traditions so much. And we admire, we have holy envy for the way that people worship and particularly for the way that God is moving and working among all of the people of this world. And sometimes there seems to be a contradiction with, wait, if I believe God's moving and working among everybody, then why would I send out missionaries Mm -hmm. (laughs) or be so anxious about bringing somebody to my particular faith tradition? And um, the question is, what Does our faith tradition, what is the restoration of covenant? And connected with that, the restoration of temple, the restoration of priesthood, they'll all be tied together. The restoration of the new and everlasting covenant, fullness of the gospel. What does that uniquely have to offer to the people of the world? Mm. And if we can get the answer to that question, we'll understand, oh, please teach me of all the gifts that each of you have but let me share with you also the gift that's been given to me you know through this particular through the restoration
1: because a lot of churches have in common what we see in the new testament we see a lot of um jesus's sermons played out in other religions but what we see so clearly in ours has to do with priesthood and covenant, and 84 really is the first section that lays that out so clearly for yeah. us.
0: Yeah, and it's, and 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 connected with that is this idea of th- that privilege, that God is the privilege to be in covenant relationship. What is that? Mm-hmm. And what is it that he's actually trying to do, you know, yeah. with us? We're not playing a game. We're not trying to just do everything the way that you're supposed to, but he's like, I have so much
1: privilege
0: mm-hmm. and power for you to be a part of, and and I wanna teach that to you and make it clear. And this is the first time that it starts to really like solidify like, oh, okay, more is coming. We got Nauvoo doctrines, we've got Kirtland Temple, we've got so much more coming, but.
1: But you start watching this plan of progression and increase and this is one of the places where we start seeing that is so much a part of our belief system, that idea of becoming and progression and increase that happens through covenant and ordinance. And we're going to start watching the importance of all of that play out right here in 84.
0: And that just reminded me, I was just reading this. It was, um, it's the, a little parable that elder Elk tells in that talk on becoming mm. where he's trying to emphasize like, wait, it's, it's, we have to make sure that we see it's not about, um, doing everything right. It's who are we becoming in all of this? And he talks about, a. a a um, a set of parents who have all of this wealth you know businesses and and they're standing in the community and the father says to his son I I can give you all of this money but what I can't give you is who I am Mm. and you cannot enjoy this inheritance without the character you know and the kind of heart Mm. that that's enabled to enjoy that and so It's just this idea of I want to give you the kingdom, but you need to become a queen and a king and a priest and a priestess in order to enjoy that gift. Mm, And so so
1: good.
0: So I forgot to put these two boxes up on the board. I just realized right here, this side over here, it says temple and this side says priesthood. And these two are tied together so well in this one. He starts by saying, remember that temple that we're going to build in the new Jerusalem? So he's tying those two doctrines together, and I think we always should. We always should connect those two with each other.
1: Yeah, because it's so much easier to understand the priesthood if you understand the temple.
0: Right, right. And he says, this temple is going to be reared in this generation, and this this is verse five. It will be built up to the Lord, and a cloud shall rest upon it, the glory of the Lord. That's an Old Testament reference. Mm. And he says, and the sons of Moses, according to the holy priesthood, and then he pauses. And in your scriptures, in between verses 6 and 31, you want to put parentheses. <laughs> because he's going to continue the story, but he's going to pause and just say like, oh, let me just be really clear about what I mean by holy priesthood. So 6 through 31 is parenthetical. Yeah, it's like well, set aside. it's a aside. list of
1: names. This is where it came from. And this is who it came through. Which I don't know why, but I always love the thought of that passing down from generation to generation to generation to generation and how sweet it is to think about that sacred thing being passed down by somebody who is known to you right but somebody either in your family line or someone who's close to you that that's how that has been handed down is by people who know and love the person who they're passing it to all the way down all those names. So you want to fly through the names because there's so many, but you also want to remember that is how the priesthood is passed is by one person to another person. That's how it comes.
0: Yeah. He's going to talk about two different priesthoods, a higher and holy priesthood, and then a lesser one. We're not using the phrases Melchizedek and Aaronic in this section. And we don't want to use them maybe in this because it'll kind of confuse us with like, what, what ordinances go with which one. And it's just like, oh, hold on, hold on. There's a higher, there's higher priesthood and there's a lesser priesthood. He says, let me tell you what those are. Right here, he has synonyms for what holy priesthood are. And we just put those up on, on the board there. And he starts to explain, let me tell you the purpose of, of that one starting in 19. And just look at this right here. It says, it holds the key to the mysteries of the kingdom. And you're like, what's that mean? He says, oh, it's the key of the knowledge of God. And you're like, wait, what's that mean? And he says, oh, it's in the ordinances of this that the power of godliness is manifest. And then you begin to see privilege. You're like, the purpose of the holy priesthood, the ordinances of that holy priesthood are to open up the floodgates to the power of godliness in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Or the last synonym is to see, verse 22, to see the face of God, even the Father, and live. To pierce the veil and be able to experience the presence and the power and the glory and the goodness of God here, now, as as we live mm-hmm. in all of the things that we're doing in our life. And this is what we mean by the privilege of of, of priesthood. And
1: I love this in verse 20 as you think about this because there have been times in my life when I think to myself particularly as I'm going through something hard God is bigger than this. God is greater than this. God would know what to do with this situation. And I love that we are a church that believes we can actually access the power of God. We have that privilege amongst us which I don't know if we often remember how unique that gift is that it's it's so close to each of us. And I love that he reminds us and this is where we're going to watch that temple priesthood connection take place. This is one of the verses where we see this where he says it's in the ordinances that the power of God of godliness is manifest. That's where you're going to find it. So if you want that power in your life, then you're also gonna wanna embrace the ordinances that provide that privilege in your life. And we need to remember those ordinances are for both men and women. That the ability to access the power of godliness is equally given to men and women as we participate in those ordinances of the temple. And I just, I love that reminder of how close that power is and how accessible it is
0: to us yeah and we always want to connect anytime we think about ordinances that those are covenant making moments that the powers in the relationship the powers in the proximity to god and the power is in the pattern of living after Mm -hmm. entering those covenants right the the that holy order the pattern of Godliness mm-hmm. is, is taught in there.
1: And then we go back to 76, which we just were barely in. Remember where we were talking about responsibility and privilege and becoming. And that's what you're going to start watching. This Within 84, you see this process, and we'll come back and talk about this again, of covenant making, covenant keeping, and covenant becoming. And from the very beginning, he's kind of trying to teach us about that pattern that we're going to go through, each of us, right? Everybody is going to have access to that power of godliness, and it's important to remember
0: that. And I really love that you brought up, and I I think it's really important, and we'll bring this up again, that it's just like, oh, it's not access to being given the priesthood that that power comes, but it's through entering to covenant relationship with that 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 power comes you will see a lot of very male-centered language in this section so it tricks people Mm -hmm. (laughs) into thinking that it's about becoming a deacon or whatever um and the reality is and we maybe forgot to mention this the situation that this is given in is to a group of six missionaries and they are about to head out on their missions and they're sitting around the fire really they are is that darling and joseph is teaching this in their presence oliver cowdery actually walks in and says is anyone writing this down (laughs) and they were like "Mm -mm." (laughs) he's like someone should write this down you know and And meanwhile do
1: you want to have come follow me with s'mores when you teach (laughs) that you're not made me want to be like oh we should read 84 around the fire pit yeah. in the backyard, yeah. you know? <laughs> so and
0: fun. it is amazing to me. I cannot get over this. We have little hints up here for some of the stories that are going on and go to saints and mm-hmm. saints and read the stories that are happening because it's nuts. Like he's going where the tar and feathering has happened, right? Intense persecution. He's going back and forth, Missouri, trying to buy lands, figure out building the temple. They go on this trip to Indiana. Um, he gets poisoned in the hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, falls off the stagecoach. I mean, it's just like this ruckus life. It's so wild. And then in the middle of all of this, is this like... (laughs) S'mores. Yeah, s'mores, right, (laughs) in the middle of...
1: Sit by this campfire and just have this moment, and it's quiet, and the stars probably, and they're like... And you love when it starts out that... um, It says, a revelation of Jesus Christ unto his servant Joseph Smith. This is in verse one, and six elders as they united their hearts and lifted their voices on high and just kind of that thought of the power of revelation that comes when we are all invested in praying and united mm, in that's cool knowing more
0: um the one thing we want to mention about this lesser priesthood part and you've got the list here of what he teaches what its purpose is but he hints to a story of Moses that you can't wait until next year when you can get the full story. As we do Old Testament, we can't. We're dying. We're working on the journals right now for Old Testament, so we almost want to quit Doctrine and Covenants because <laughs> we're so excited. Um, but there, you may remember that Moses tried to get all of the children of Israel to come up with him to the top of Mount Sinai. God invited them all up into His presence um but while he was learning that pattern of how they were making the golden calf and dancing around it and so you're sort of like and at that point god should have said never mind i will rescue another people out of egypt
1: well and you love (laughs) he does say to moses everyone and we will for sure teach this in the old testament but he all of a sudden does say to moses your people like, (laughs) like they're no longer his people anymore he's like your people have corrupted themselves go down, <laughs> take care of that. You just love that part of the But
0: story. one thing that is really, really cool about what happens here when he says he took out of their midst some of the highest and holiest ordinances, um, but he gave them and left them with this. And he calls it a preparatory gospel. And he's like, oh, obviously you were not ready to enter into my presence quite yet. So I am now going to teach you repentance and chastity and sacrifice and obedience. And I'm going to build you a model of a temple that's going to kind of show you a pattern of, oh, this is how you progress and enter yeah, into my presence. Yeah, because you're going to go from the
1: common or the profane into right, right. more holy places. And, and again, it's just that another symbol of, becoming covenant become becoming that's what he wants you to see
0: yeah and a symbol of okay then i'll meet you at the bottom of the mountain then and i will help you to ascend Mm -hmm. is what i'm going to do so as you talk about that lesser priesthood i think the powerful lesson in that one is a god who is like oh well then let me help you prepare yourself for those privileges that i want to to give to you Mm -hmm. Um, So that's all six through 31, right? All the parentheses. And he says, and, and okay, so in that temple, these sons of Moses and sons of Aaron, and because it's boys, it's saying sons, but we would say the recipients of the ordinances that I'm connecting with Moses and the recipients of the ordinances I'm connecting with Aaron are going to experience something glorified within this house on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And then we're entering into what we call the oath and covenant of the priesthood. The Lord saying, this is my oath and this is my promise to you. This this is the list of what I'm trying to do and the privileges that I wanna bestow upon you.
1: And it's important as we get into this oath and covenant, I had the opportunity several years ago to study this Oath and the Covenant of the Priesthood with a group of women, just a large group of women that gather together to study this Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood. And I reached out to a good friend of mine, Anthony Sweat, as I was teaching and said, what is the number one thing you wish I would teach these women? Because first of all, he's such a scholar of the Doctrine and Covenants, but also of this chapter in particular. And if by chance he teaches this anywhere, and in fact, we should reach out to him and say, throw something up on your Instagram because he just is so good at teaching this oath and covenant of the priesthood. But he said the most important thing we can do is teach members of this church that the oath and the covenant of the priesthood is for all of the members of the church. And we're so used to watching this be taught within the quorums of the church, and the deacons, or the teachers, or the priests, or um, in in those meetings that take place with the elders. That's where we feel like, oh, this is where that goes. And I loved when he was like, "No, the Relief Society should be spending as much time on the oath and covenant of the priesthood as the men are." And I love that we have actually been invited by. Leaders of the Relief Society, as women, to memorize the oath and covenant of the priesthood. That that is something that would be important to us. So, as we're going through these next few verses, we want you to take the time of first of all realizing this is inclusionary. This is everybody. He's talking to the entire church
0: and the whole world too, right? Yeah. It's like, and this is so. This is why we'll send out missionaries because I want to bless all of my daughters and all of my sons with the same privileges everywhere. Yes. And it you it's here, I restored it here so it could be taken everywhere.
1: Yes, and as you go through this, you wanna be watching for that covenant making, covenant keeping and covenant becoming process because we're gonna see it so clearly here, this process of increase and progression and becoming. That's one of the number one things you wanna be watching for in these verses. So we'll go from 33 through 41 did is that what you wrote down
0: yeah
1: um oh yeah almost um all that and you've got the words right in your journal if you need them and we just left you a section for taking notes as we go through so let's just start right in 33 is that where you want to start
0: yeah let's do it For whoso is faithful unto the obtaining of the ordinances of these two priesthoods. That is, that's the way that you ought to read that line.
1: So in your scriptures, this verse is going to say this. For whoso is faithful unto the obtaining of these two priesthoods of which I have spoken. Um, Right above mine, I have written exactly those words that David just said. For whoso is faithful unto the obtaining the ordinances of these priesthoods. And then you go right back in to priestess of which I've spoken because all of a sudden that's all of us. That's anybody who wants to obtain those ordinances that are open to um, anyone Yeah. who wants that privilege. And then
0: the next slide is almost to say the responsibility of that and the magnifying of that particular calling. And sometimes we like to use that phrase to say like, oh, am I magnifying my calling is the, um, elders quorum first counselor or, or whatever, but it's, it's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. It's that calling of Israel, like that calling of to be God's people, that the the thing that we studied, you know, just the last for the last six months, but to magnify what it means to be a member of the house of Israel and to represent and to gather it's, it's a bigger one. And our callings in church will be subsets of that. Right. And I love that
1: word magnify because it wants to, um, make you think of enlarging or making more clear that calling right that that you come to an understanding of who you are and whose you are it's almost as if he's like i i need you to start there that's where you've got to begin is that moment when when you are called of god to enter the journey of becoming and for each of us that's going to look different at different times in our life but Right, but like it's we, gonna happen for everyone.
0: Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that friend who asked, "What's it mean to stand as a witness of God at all times in all places?" Because your covenant commission you received at baptism, and so Mosiah eighteen is what that calling mm-hmm. is—that covenant commission to mourn with those who mourn, comfort those who stand in comfort. Right?
1: Yep. And I, I have that also written in mind. So you might want to pull that right out in your margin. That calling I wrote down—that's my baptismal covenant. That's when I signed up um, through covenant relationship to accept his call to become. And that's where it began, was in that moment for all of us.
0: Okay, so then it says, and those who do this, this is what will happen. They are sanctified by the spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. Some synonyms there you might wanna say, become a new creature, uh, to be born again, uh, to be made holy mm, that is that's the, pro- that's the promise yeah I in. love
1: that part of being sanctified is just being made holy again it's going to be a process sanctification is a process being renewed or restored is a process yeah. that we go through. And
0: sometimes we'll use that phrase, the renewing of their bodies to say like, and so you won't be as tired. This is why President yeah. Nelson can travel <laughs> the world so much. And you're like, okay, that might be true. And that's nice, but it's, it's bigger. It's about a change of character and yeah. heart and nature. Yeah. The natural man being rooted out of us bit by bit, they become the sons of Moses and of Aaron and the seed of Abraham when you read that phrase, seed of Abraham, you want to think about, you think a lot about temple marriage. Um, you think about the promises made to Abraham and Sarah and their posterity, right? It was promises. So to receive all of those promises of the Abrahamic covenant, um, you'll become the church and kingdom.
1: I love that part so much. It's just, it's so fun to become the kingdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, And you can't help, but think of these synonyms with church and kingdom Um, Church, priest, kingdom, king. Church, priestess, kingdom, queen. So there's very, very royal Mm -hmm. language in that also. And the elect of God, chosen, and -hmm. then that election made sure. So then he says, I mean, and all the implications of those, right? That are so big. Here it is again, 35. So let me review. All they who receive the ordinances of this priesthood Receive me, saith the Lord, and he emphasizes there in thirty six. To receive me means to receive my servants. Or, what do the servants do? They administer the ordinances, ordinances. and that's so important. Like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, it moves it from ordination to the priesthood to ordinances. Right? Yeah. Those is, who receive which is inclusive
1: those of all, all people. Of us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he keeps saying he, because he's talking to six boys, remember? So this is a priesthood session. And if he were doing it in a relief society, he would say, she, if she receives these. But mm-hmm. it, it, boys are the audience right here. Um, he And he that receiveth me receiveth my father. And he that receiveth my father receiveth my father's kingdom. Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him.
1: And I love that you're going to watch this thought of increase and progression in here two times, right? He he shows it to you the first time. He's like, okay, this is how it would go. You would be called, then sanctified, then renewed or restored, and you would become, right? And then the elect. So you you kind of see this process of, okay, I'm going to go from baptism to sanctification, to restoration, um, to that becoming, to Elect. That's where I'm trying to move along this covenant path. I love when we call it the covenant path because it, and you hear President Nelson say that a lot because it helps you realize there are going to be like guideposts along the way as you're walking, and you're going to stop for ordinances or covenant making that renewal. I mean, every Sunday you renew a covenant right along this path. Every Sunday you get to stop and just renew what is happening there. So he does it right there where we get to watch that process of just growing, right? Of becoming, of increase. But then he's like, okay, watch it again. So this receiving process is you're gonna receive these ordinances through my servants, which means you're gonna receive me, which means you're gonna receive my father, which means you're gonna receive all that my father has. So again, you're watching this process of by degree, like we talked about in 76, where you're just learning responsibility and privilege until eventually you are going to get to the highest, the highest responsibility, but also the highest privilege.
0: Yeah. Almost again, I just, uh, that parable of that kid, right? That you will receive my father or maybe it's like the heart of my father Mm. also, the character, and then you'll be able to receive his inheritance. Like, uh, you know, that would be really important to Mm -hmm. see that in there. And he says in 39 and 40, this is my oath and the covenant of me and of my father, which he cannot break, neither can it be moved. Like, I just love that he's like, I promise you that I'm I'm about you. I am, all that I am doing is about, um your increase and your exaltation and you enjoying the privileges of godliness right here mm-hmm. on a Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Right. And it's available
1: uh, to everyone, right? anyone who wants to participate in this. Sometimes we talk about elect and you start feeling like we're elite or um something that's unobtainable to people. And what you love the most is he's like, oh no, everyone. Right, everyone can yeah. have this, and I love as you just think about, and I I really do love to think about just this small group of these six people gathered around, and he, and he sets out for them this big picture, right, of uh, of kingdoms and royalties and priests and priesthood and um, those kings and queens, and like, can you imagine how big that sounded as they were talking about that? And yeah. then I love that he says to them this okay um i in verse 42 he says um even i have given the heavenly hosts and mine angels charge concerning you and now i give unto you a commandment and it's almost as if you wonder if that conversation was like he lays out this amazing thing and then they're like okay but how you know like how how do we receive the oath and covenant how do we enter that path that exalts someone you know, what does that look like? And I love that he's like, okay, the end of this, he's like, let me just give you some counsel. Let me just talk to you. And we love, and we kind of pulled out, there is this moment where he says to them in, is it in 65?
0: Uh, three. 63, 63, and again in 77. Yeah, when he
1: says, ye are they whom my father hath given me. And then he says this line, ye are my friends. And I just love that, it, it really is just like this casual fireside conversation that he's like, okay, I'm going to talk to you right now as friends and let me give you some advice. And you're going to see a lot of advice in here of how to live that covenant path and, and how to engage in the living out of the oath and covenant of the priesthood. But we just pulled out some of our favorite parts.
0: Yeah, and as we jump into it, I, I really do love Reese's he says, you're, you're my apostles like i like i had in in my life and so like their journey that you've read so much about and also like like just that close relationship that i had with them um i i see you the same mm. right like i as much as i was trying to like really gently guide peter along I'm, i I want to be doing the same thing with you Yeah. like i just the way you saw me interact with them and train them and mm-hmm. teach them and forgive them and. Remind them, and is what, yeah, them is what I'm going to do um, with you also on your journey. It'll look different, but, but so here's some of his, his advice, 43 um, through 45. He just kind of just, I, I want you to give really diligent heed to the words of eternal life. And then you see synonyms for that. The word of God in 44 and um, 45 truth, light spirit, Just give real diligent heed to those. Like open up your soul for those to come in. Lean into those And don't you want to
1: think about those things? Like I want to be like, okay, how am I doing? Am I diligent in allowing light and spirit and truth to just flow into my life? And what are the ways that I do that? And should there be more ways that I'm making room for those things in my life? I just, I love that it's almost like here, let me give you some ideas and then we get to like meditate on what is that actually gonna look like for me um, he says in 54 I love this one and your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you have treated lightly the things that you have received and I really like thinking about that are there things that I am treating lightly right now that that I maybe should be giving more heed to as I, as I'm going through Particularly, I always think to myself, I mean, we've just been given a whole general conference weekend where our prophets and apostles have spoken specifically to us and our season, like just this little six month season. And there have been times in my life where I have taken those words lightly, where I haven't taken the time to really receive those, to actually bring them into my everyday. And the past few years, I've started studying one talk every week, um, which for me just really is simply going through and reading that talk every Sunday and pulling out one word and one phrase, that's it. That I'm like, this is what I need for this next six months. One word that I can focus on for the week and one phrase that I can focus on for the week. And the next Sunday, I pull out another one. And always it is the same for me. Just a word and a phrase that will help me to receive that thing.
0: Mm, That's awesome. And it reminds me of the next one in 61. The second part of it, the first part is I love that he says there's a about forgiveness, Mm -hmm. right? There's like, uh, you're going to accidentally treat things lightly and be distracted. And so you have to know that forgiveness is, is crucial. It's a central part of this, but I like that idea of remain steadfast in your minds. You know, that Mm -hmm. like, it's going to take some mental work. It's going to take some sort of like You have to be deliberate about this because the world will, the rhythm of the world will not be deliberate about this. And so there has to be a like, oh, I'm going to decide this and I'm going to engage with this um, in the solemnity and spirit of prayer, right? And so that makes me think about the heart and emotions there you know, this is going to be a mind and a heart experience yeah, you know, that's as you engage so good. in this.
1: We love in this 65 through 69, you come to a part where he says, these are the signs that shall follow them that believe. And then there's this whole list of, in my name, they shall do many wonderful works. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall heal the sick. And one of the things that I love as I pause on this, and and we'll take it a little bit farther, but i love remembering that the hebrew translation for that word name can also be authority in my authority they will cast out devils and in my authority they will heal the sick and i think one of the reasons why i love that so much as i look here in these verses is there actually was a group of people who jesus walked among for three years like he was actually here and they got to witness him doing all these things that he talks about, wonderful works and casting out devils and healing the sick and opening the eyes of the blind. And we read the scriptures and those stories in the gospel are generally our favorite because I think there is something about our soul that longs to be with him, to be near him, to experience what it would have been like to experience his authority on the earth in our lifetime and i love that what he's saying is oh you actually can you can experience my name or my presence on the earth in your lifetime because of the authority that has been handed down to you to be able to live like that and i love when we get to verses 80 through 88 where he just he talks about he goes back to that time when he was here consider the lilies and you're not going to be a thirst and he starts bringing up these words that are so new testament um, that's what they bring to remembrance is Mm -hmm. this when i was there among you when i was present among you when i was with you um that it's almost as if he's like that's what you should expect if you are living under the order of the son of god that is what you should expect is that kind of life and i love an 88 this is a favorite scripture of many of us from section 84 when he says, Whoso receiveth you, there I will be also, right? There there I am. There's my name and my authority and my power um, where you are. And I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left. And my spirit shall be in your hearts and mine angels round about you to bear you up. And I, I just love that thought of him reminding us I am in your story. I am with you. I'm on your right hand and your left. And in front of you and behind you, I am part of this work that you are in and part of the becoming that you are experiencing.
0: Yeah, and particularly that the like his when you're engaged in his work, Mm -hmm. right? He keeps like He's bringing up, he's talking to them and as his disciples, remembering that he sent to to be an apostle is a word that means sent forth, right? He's like the covenant commission is that you, you won't keep this to yourself, that you'll go out into the world and that you will take this. And as you go out, remember, I'm watching over, I'm with you, but That is part of it. He's like, I want you to get out, go into all the world. He says, into the places you can't go, send, Mm. you know, find a way to reach all of these places. Like I want you to be really, really engaged in, in doing that. And and the people that you'll meet along the way, he says, starting in 105, if anyone gives you a coat or a suit, that's so nice. Keep the new one and take the old one and, and give it to the poor. And go on your way rejoicing or the new one if you want and he says and if any man among you be strong in the spirit let him take him that is weak that he may be edified in all meekness that he may become strong also and there is something about that um i want to use the word ministering but i want Mm -hmm. everybody to think about (laughs) you know the whatever i i but that there's a that heart of to minister to somebody if you are strong in any way in your life, then take those who are weak so that they can become strong also.
1: Yes, it's so good. I once was called as a young woman's president, and when I had that calling, the bishop sent me to this scripture, and he said, "As you are praying over the names that you will submit for this calling, I just want you to think about this scripture um, as you are going through that process." And we actually had a remarkable experience, um, as we served in that group, because some of the women at the beginning might've been the ones that you would have looked at and been like, Oh, cause she'll be strong in this calling and she'll be strong. And some of them you might've looked at and been like, Oh, that's in, an interesting choice. And I know you, that happened when you were the Bishop also, where mm-hmm. sometimes you felt to call people that might not have been the, the natural choice, you know, or. Um, and I love that what happened at the end is they became strong also because of being in that group of people who were growing. And, and you think about that Peter scripture, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren and how important it is for each of us to be in the work of the strengthening. Yeah. And what does that look like right now where you are, you know, and, and should you? be doing something a little different either in your ministering or in your calling to live out this verse somehow in your story.
0: Yeah. And even to remember that uh, it's almost as if God says, I will administer grace to some people through you. Mm. Like you will be the way that I reach certain people. Mm. You will be the way that um, I give access to, to my heart and power. Like you'll be the means. Yeah. And and to just remember that, you know, as, as part of your, as he sends them forth, my yes. friends, you're my friends, yes. we are doing this work together.
1: And you love it in 108 when he was like, let me tell you something, this is the way my apostles build up the church in the early days. This is how it happened, that everyone was not as strong as everyone else, but that the strong were pulling up the weak, and that's what grew the church at that time, was And then they were strong and then they went out and, and brought in more. And I, I love the pattern of that building.
0: Oh, and to think like you look at the history of Christianity and you think to yourself, there is no way that Christianity should have made it out of Nero's Rome. It Mm -hmm. should have never survived in the Roman empire. And it's neat for him to say like, Oh, do you want to know what the miracle of it actually was? It was, um, These one-on-one relationships and experiences, and it's how they found me, and you know, is is was in each of those. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome to think about.
1: I love that we're gonna end right in the place where we began, right? Which was we started out this whole entire section by him saying, "Let me give you a process of becoming," or in essence, really a process. He told us of of becoming such that you would be able to see the face of God and live. That's the pattern I'm gonna lay out for you, right? That um, sometimes when I read that, I'm like, he's giving us the, the pattern of becoming that will actually allow us to return home to the Father and to be with him forever. That's what 84 is lining out for us. And I love that in the end, he says this, For I, the Lord, have put forth my hand to exert the powers of heaven. Like, that's what I've done for you. These ordinances and these covenants, I am exerting the powers of heaven in your life. That's what the temple is. That's what all of these ordinances that are so unique to the restored gospel are. It's him exerting the powers of heaven right within our faith community. And he says, you can't see it now. But yet a little while and you will see it. And this is what you will know, that I am and that I will come and reign with my people. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I know where it started. I know where you are now and I know where you are going to go. And you may not see it now, but you just, you keep going. And yet a little while and then you are going to see what these ordinances And these covenants and this restored gospel and this path where it's going to lead you to and and it will be such a sweet place it will be everything you've ever longed for and wanted um in your life
0: Mm. sometimes when people talk about temples they seem to be like little symbols of heaven on earth Mm. And I I think that's so awesome, that reminder. But not just that physical location Mm -hmm. is not going to be heaven on earth. It's a reminder that heaven is coming to earth, right, in all different places and in homes and hearts. And um, that's what this section seems to really be about.
1: Yes. So temple and priesthood, that's what you want to be looking for as you dive into these verses. So many awesome things to discover
0: here. Okay. Have fun. See ya. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.